I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Weight Loss Podcast. As always, I'm Courtney. And as always, I'm Matt. Thanks for tuning in. And this episode is all about our part two of our 10 signs you're about to lose weight. Yes. Last week, we, in as we like to do, we overpromised and underdelivered. <laughs> so we said we were going to do the 10 signs you're about to lose weight and gave you five because why would we do what we said we're going to do? So this week, we are going to give you the final five. There was a bit too long to do all in one uh, episode, so we've split it. So this week we are going to do s- number six to ten. Now, before we get started, I'm not going to recap on the all the numbers one to five. We don't need to. Go back and listen to the previous episode. Go back and listen to the previous episode. But I think I just wanted to recap on the reason why we put this list together in the first place. And it was really based on feedback we were getting from our clients which was the frustration of really focusing on that end goal and it obviously taking a long time to achieve. Weight loss is not something that happens quickly or easily and we we encourage everyone to have a great end goal, uh, which is fantastic to have. However, you can't always only focus on that just one end goal because it obviously is going to take a little while to get to. So if we only focus on that, and we only judge our results by that end goal, then it's going to be a really slow, frustrating process. So we put this list together so people uh, would have something to gauge their results on as as you go along. That way, you know, you're not uh, really fixated on that that one end goal. And we've also, it's not just the, this list has been put together from feedback from people that we've worked with, we've been through this. Yes. So with with this entire list of 10, both of us can speak to most of the of the 10 signs. I know I can't speak to all of them uh, from my own personal experience, as, as you are going to find out as we go through this list today, but most of them I can, and it's the exact same with Courtney as well. And chances are it'll be the same with you as it's been the same with our clients. Yeah, I think the main thing as well to remember with a lot of these these uh, signs is that they're not all a given. These signs aren't we. This is well, list, some are. This list isn't. You are going to have all ten of these things happen to you. No, there are certain ones that yes are definitely a given. There are other ones that are definitely sort of still up to the individual. Yeah, some are very individual, as we'll get into uh, today, and we may as well kick off with the first one. The, the sixth sign that you are about to lose weight is improved skin quality. Yes. Now, I can speak to this from personal experience, but before I do, I will throw this over to Courtney. Courtney, what's your experience with, with skin quality from, from your background? Yeah, well, I think this is a really good example of one that's very individual. So I 
have never, ha- uh, luckily enough to have never really experienced things like acne. I've, of course, have had pimples in my life and still get them. But for me, they have never been a chronic problem. So I have been very lucky in that way. I think the where I saw improvements in skin quality were just the the colouring and the quality of my skin, less in terms of blemishes and things like that. I personally do struggle from a little bit of skin allergies. So I will occasionally have uh, skin reactions to things, uh, so, so skin skincare products or shampoos or things like that that often contain fragrances. So I have to be a little bit careful about the products that I use on my skin. I do tend to have quite sensitive skin, but uh, that is sort of in more in the region that I have found improved quality. So over my years of getting uh, rashes and things like that from allergies, my skin was in a bit of a poor shape and I have noticed um, that it's just it's just a lot um, brighter, it's a lot clearer, it's definitely softer. So I can definitely notice a, an improvement in terms of that way over time. But as I said, uh, Matt, you, I think struggled a little bit more in terms of the acne, the the blemishes side of things. So I'd like to get your feedback on this one. Well, I can't I can't say that I ever had issues with uh, the the tone or color of my skin because I've always been white as snow. I forever will be white as snow. It's the curse of the ginger. But I can speak to skin quality in terms of, as Courtney alluded to, uh, acne when I was uh, a younger adult, let alone teenager, but as I was into my 20s, I was basically a gigantic walking series of pimples mm. all over my face, my arms, my back, my legs, um, my butt. Mm. Anyone that's had butt pimples knows how annoying they are. Um, <laughs> Never had those. You're, you're very, very fortunate there, Courtney. Um, butt pimples can be a pain in the butt. See what Ba-bum, I did there? Boom. But I, I had I had major major skin issues with with pimples and acne that, as I've known and as I've learned over time, becoming gradually more healthy, that it was uh, a side effect of the lifestyle I used to lead, mm. which was to say rather unhealthy. <laughs> so, as I changed what I was putting into my body, as I was becoming more regular with my exercise, I was sleeping you know, with more more regular sleeping patterns. As the weight started to come off, the pimples started to come off with it. Mm. And so I actually found that, and there's photos that will will show this, as I get older, I seem to, and I'll touch wood on this because it may not last forever, I seem to be defying my age. Yes. So when I was in my 20s, I looked like I was in my mid-30s. Now in my late 30s, people think I'm in my very early 30s. So I will take that. Um, I will take that and run with it as far as I can. <laughs> but the the acne went away where now, for me, any sort of pimple is a rarity. Yeah. An absolute rarity. Uh, if I could throw this back to Courtney, question for you, Courtney. So you mentioned that you haven't had much experience yourself in terms of you know, skin clearing up or anything like that as you've become more healthy, you know, dropped dropped a few unwanted kilos, etc. But have you noticed anything with people that you've worked with? Like you've now been a PT for a couple of years? Oh yeah, definitely. 
I think that, yes, I haven't had been too much experience personally in terms of acne, things like that. But professionally? But professionally, I've definitely seen it. Okay. Definitely seen it. I've seen it with people who have uh, severe acne and you can just tell that things are changing because their skin is definitely getting clearer. And they, with that, I think, comes a lot of confidence because obviously if you suffer from chronic acne, then your confidence does take a hit from that. So it's not only in the uh, the... You notice it straight away, I think, because you notice the person's getting more confident and then you really notice that their their skin is starting to clear up and, and it all sort of snowballs as a result from that. Yeah, I've seen that with a number of clients that I've worked with and some that I'm currently working with as, as well as ones that Courtney's working with where their skin tone becomes more vibrant, Yeah. Uh, a bit more a bit more colourful, less... less You'd say washed out, yeah. less mottled, also less red. I think that yes. was sort of where my color, my color tone changed. Where I, I've a little bit like you, Matt, where I've always been very pasty and pale, but I found that my my skin would often have this reddish tinge to it. Yep. So I I, I found that that really cleared up. So yeah, there's certain people that have that real pasty look that they may not necessarily be quite pale. Mm. And that does change, or you, I've found often have people that have this really reddish style tinge to their skin that that does change. Yeah, so this one is very individual. Absolutely. So as Courtney and I have just covered over, this has affected both of us in different ways. Mm. And you may find that you already have fantastic skin quality, so high five. But you know, if if you are someone that has had skin issues. And you find that as you are gradually progressing along the way, that those skin issues start to clear up. Well, I don't think that's an accident. No, don't ignore that. No, don't ignore that. So let's now move on to number seven, which is drum roll. Of me. Sorry, I thought you were going to say it. Are you, you are the person I'm doing this podcast yes, with? Yes, number seven. Impro- improved recovery. From intense exercise. This is a good one because it is, well, you take someone, let's say you are brand new to intense exercise. In fact, you're brand new to this whole thing. Yes. And you decide, okay, starting Monday, I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week. I'm going to lift weights five days a week, six days a week, and do a couple of cardio sessions each day. Mm. Prepare for injuries. Prepare for feeling like shit. Prepare for pain. When you have someone that is new to exercise, especially intense exercise, I'm not going to lie, it hurts. Oh, yeah. It hurts a lot, as Courtney will back me up on because it wasn't that long ago where she had first started uh, with intense exercise. And you find, well, let's put it this way. There is a very good reason why when our clients start with us in our gym or even our online clients training with us, but in their own gym, we start them on two, maybe three weight training sessions a week. Not because we want to actually stop their results, but because their results will actually go faster because we are, we are then going to give them more time to recover. Yes. So what you find is that there's a thing called training age, mm. which as you do more regular intense training over time, 
your body becomes conditioned to it. Mm. So it becomes able to handle, you know, lifting the weights, doing intense cardio sessions, etc. So what you'll find is that if you're brand new to intense exercise and over the course of a couple of weeks, even a couple of months, that you're pulling up from your sessions gradually faster whilst being able to handle a bit more intensity during those sessions, that's fantastic. Mm. That is fantastic. So we do have some clients where we will start them on a lot, quite a lot of, uh, let's say, volume. Yes. So they're doing a lot of exercise sessions, but their conditioning is so poor, those exercise sessions don't last very long. So they can do more frequent bouts of movement. So when it comes to this sort of intense training, you're going to have intensity mm. or volume, but not both. No. You can have one or the other. So over time, as the intensity goes up, the volume drops down, but you can recover faster and you can push a little bit more, that's a sign because you can then get more out of your body. Now, I'm now going to throw this because I am now dominating this chat. No, I think that... And I realize there's two of us here. I'm I... going to throw this over to Courtney. Question I... for you, Courtney. Yes. You started when you first met me on two days a week of weight training. You are now doing four to five days a week of weight training. Yes. How, is that, how has that transition been for you? Well, it's been slow. As you said, it, it's not happened overnight. I've now, well, since I started, was it four years? Mm -hmm. I want to say four years. So, I mean, it's been... Almost. Almost. So it's been a really slow sort of build three, up. Three and a bit. To doing more and more exercise. So I definitely say that it's been slow, which has been great. I think if you had started me on four to five days when we had first met, I maybe may not have come back. <laughs> well, you would have been probably broken as broken, well. Broken, yes. But I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that um, when you were talking about, Matt, when you were talking about working out and slowly increasing, that I think the main thing to remember is that you're going to be sore anyway. But I think if you overdo it when you first start, that is when that soreness turns into injuries, things like that, really not being able to recover at all. No. So when, when the soreness is there, especially when you're new to intense exercise, you need time off. Correct. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, we all know it's always going to hurt, but there's a difference between it, it pulling up sore and not doing anything maybe that next day and then getting straight back into it and pulling up sore and not being able to do anything for the next week. Yep. So I think improved recovery from intense exercise is really key because it does have such a flow-on effect for injuries, preventing injuries and, and things like that. It also allows you to evolve and advance your training routine. So as you recover more, you can obviously push a bit harder. Mm you can start to do things that were a bit too challenging initially. You can modify, in, especially in the gym with weight training, you start to modify your exercises to make them a little bit harder. Mm. Things like split squats, for example. So there's plenty of exercises out there where as the recovery improves, you can handle a bit more. So where a lot of people will get this wrong is that they'll try too much too soon and then wonder why everything hurts wonder why they're always tired, wonder why they might be getting moody and irritable. Mm. And 
wonder why they're injured. So when it comes to intense exercise, especially at the beginning, less is more. Then as that recovery improves, like I said, you're going to find you can handle a bit more and push a bit more and get a bit more out of your body. But you've got to earn it and it's going to take time. So if you've got a friend that's been going to the gym for 10 years and it seems like they're killing it every day, that's fantastic. Don't compare yourselves to them, especially if you are just starting. Everyone is a beginner. I know for me, when I first was going to the gym, I had no strength. I had minimal endurance. I was in pain. But now where I am now compared to then is light years apart. But that's taken years and years and years of consistency to get that reward that comes with it. Mm. So I reckon we can close the door on that point and move on to point number eight, which is the eighth sign you're about to lose weight. Your bad habits are being replaced by good ones. This is huge. Yeah, it is. This is gigantic because, well, so many people will say to Courtney and I, oh, yeah, look, I exercise fine, but my problem is the food. Actually, the problem isn't your food. The problem is your habits. Yes. The habits that cause you to make the choices that you do when you make them. Mm. So you might be someone where you're focused on dropping, let's say, 20 kilograms in a month whilst skipping breakfast, whilst not drinking much liquids, a.k.a. water, whilst having donuts, chocolate, and cupcakes every day. What's the point of focusing on the end result when the habits aren't being replaced? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, realistically, weight loss, it all comes back around to habits. I mean, at the end of the day, we can put everything that we do back down to habits. Yes, we can. So your bad habits are being replaced by good ones. This doesn't mean you're suddenly doing everything perfectly. (laughs) This just means that you have to appreciate the small wins that go along the way in terms of replacing habits. So that might be something as simple as, I never ate breakfast and now I do. Yep. It might be something as simple as, I was always inconsistent with my exercise and now I show up every week when I'm supposed to. Yep. It may be something as simple as, I've always gone to bed late, which was in our episode last week in terms of talking about sleep, and now... I'm going to bed on time when I'm supposed to be. Yeah, Courtney is hitting the nail on the head. And then when it comes to habits as well, there's also, you've you've got what you call surface level habits. And then you've got ones that are deeper that tend to be the actual cause of the problem. Mm. So I'll speak from personal experience here. I used to always skip breakfast whilst always sleeping in and missing half the day and being unproductive. So the sort of the symptom of the habit was missing breakfast and getting up late during the day. The cause of the problem was my sleeping habit. Yes. So what you find is often some habits will feed into others and those habits can also uh, extend themselves to things like the habitual response that you may have to a bad day, to a bad experience, to a bad encounter. To anything negative could trigger a habit of, I don't just want a slice of cake, I want all the cake. Yes. 
Now, this is something that Courtney, I know, can speak to quite well. So, Courtney, I'm going to throw this over to you. Can you talk about any sort of bad habits that you really had back when you were first starting that you now feel that have improved out of sight to get you to where you are? Well, I think when you talk about deep-rooted habits and service habits, I think what I've realized over time is that most of my service habits are all come back to my deep-rooted issue of emotional eating. So everything that I would do would be based around the emotion that I was feeling that day. I'd also have a massive problem where my I have a, also a deep-rooted issue where I would be a ma- massive overeater. So not only would I choose food based on my emotion, I would also then overeat that food. Mm. So they 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 those two things really became my main deep rooted issues that I had to work on. So all my service issues were based around those. But I think it's really important when you talk about habits and you start really looking into your habits in in an in-depth way like we've been talking about like Matt was talking about his sleeping habit and affecting his habits where he would um, oversleep and then waste half the day. And miss breakfast. And miss breakfast and probably lunch and everything else. So I think when you really start to analyse yourself and you start to think, oh, wait a second, I do that or I, I emotionally eat, so then all my surface habits are or based around my emotional eating habit and, and these sort of things, it can be really overwhelming. But I think the reason we put this into our 10 signs list was because it really focuses on one at a time, you know, where you've got to celebrate each one that you fix. This isn't a, oh, you fixed all of them. This is a, hey, I fixed this one little thing. And it might sound like one little thing, but in the context of your weight loss, it, it's it's probably massive. And that's why it's so easily, easily overlooked. Yeah, it's easily, easily overlooked, but... I think Courtney's made a a very strong point here. With these habits, they are, I think, the cornerstone of a transformation. Yeah, absolutely. Because they they define where you are now. Mm. They define the progress that you you will or won't make. And they will define the results you will or won't get. So to me, where you might say, my problem is my food, no, no. It's the habits that cause you to make the choices that you make that is your actual problem. So I know for me, and Courtney will will agree with this as well, with all the clients that we work with and have worked with, it's not so much a case of, oh, let's get you eating all this good food. Let's identify the habits that are currently working against you and then go and address them one by one. Yes. And what you'll find is, over the course of time, as you gradually deal with these habits individually, you are going to change. So I've seen it with with people that I've worked with where they've made a change as simple as, I'm going to get to bed an hour earlier every yeah. night. And I can speak to this myself personally. Going to get to bed an hour earlier each night, which that one habit will have a flow-on effect. All of a sudden, wake up in the morning feeling more alert, more refreshed, which then leads to better training sessions in the gym. Correct. And I think that you Matt just hit the nail on the head when he referenced flow-on effect. So it's really easy to not celebrate that as a win. 
especially if you haven't noticed it yet in any other areas. You can't see it in the mirror yet. You haven't lost weight yet. So it's really easy to not focus on that being a massive step forward. So the, the thing to remember and to why this one in the 10 signs is so important is that, yes, habits are a cornerstone of your weight loss journey. Yes, we have to start identifying and replacing bad habits with good ones. But the ones that you think aren't important, they're the ones you've got to continually remember to celebrate and to use as a sign that this is going to be a flow-on effect for better things to come. Because without things like going to bed one hour earlier, as Matt said, that has a flow-on effect for the rest of his day. He trains better. He's going to be better prepared with his food because he's more alert during the day. More productive with work. More productive with work. It's a flow-on effect for everything. So that's where it's so easy to look at that and just think, oh, well, who cares, Matt? It's only one hour extra you've gone to bed. Yeah, you, who cares? You, you, you still look the same. It's easy to dismiss it, but all those little things add up. Yes. So the difference that someone could make where well, another habit could be, oh, I'm too busy, I haven't got time to eat. Mm. So all of a sudden, someone's missing meals, which leads to reduced energy levels, which leads to poor training sessions, which can also lead as reduced energy levels coming into it to bad emotional food choices because the, you know, the body and the brain become starving and the first thing you see looks good. Oh, Krispy Kreme donuts, down the hatch it goes. So every habit that you feel is working against you, that you slowly tick off the list and turn into a good habit, I promise you this, they are going to add up. They're getting you one step closer. Every single one. And this is the thing as well. Everyone has bad habits. Yes. And I mean everyone. Everyone. I do. Courtney does. I know you do. Everyone does. What you find is you don't need to get rid of all your bad habits to get a great result. You just need to get rid of a couple of the ones that are really working against you. Yeah. So I've, I've worked with clients in the past where their worst habit has been weekend alcohol intake, mm. where the habit is to have literally two dozen plus alcoholic beverages over the course of a two to three day period, which basically wipes out the entire week's worth of work that you've put in. Yes. So as this habit started to get addressed, let alone having chocolate every now and then, having fish and chips every now and then, as that one bad habit started to get pulled back, all of a sudden changes became rather apparent rather fast. Yeah. So you'd be surprised at a small handful of habitual changes over time can actually yield a big, big result. Yes, absolutely. So let's move on to number nine. Your hair and nails are looking healthy and growing faster. So your hair and nails are looking healthy and growing faster. I'm going to have about 30 seconds worth of contributions <laughs> here before Courtney takes over. Um, I don't know about my nails because I'm a habitual nail chewer, which I'm probably being judged right now as it is, and that's fine. Uh, I can't also speak to my hair because my hair has always grown fast and I haven't gone bald yet. Thank you. <laughs> On that note, I'm now going to be quiet and let Courtney speak from experience. Well, I think something that Matt just brought up is really important, his own experience, which is his own experience. So this is another one, just like the skin, where it is very individual. So Matt's hair has always grown fast, he said, and his nails he doesn't know because he bites them. Whereas I'm a little bit the opposite. My hair has never grown fast 
and still doesn't grow very fast, although I probably don't help the fact because I do dye my hair blonde. Um, so I probably don't help that. But it has never grown fast, still doesn't grow fast. Whereas my nails, my nails, I used to be a very bad uh, nail biter. And over the last couple of years, I have stopped that bad habit. And I have actually been able to notice that my nails do grow rather fast. This is definitely an individual one. But it's also worth noting, that's why we put it in the 10 signs, because if you are someone whose hair and nails have always grown fast, fantastic. If you are someone whose hair and nails have always grown slowly and they continue to grow slowly, don't panic. Now, before I did say I was going to step back and not say much, but I lied. I have to make a make a, a professional observation here as well, in that I have seen females that where they have overexercised and undereaten, where they've had clumps of hair falling out. Yes. And nails that wouldn't grow, where as those things have been addressed, they do turn themselves around. So I, I tend to find where where people can become, can form what you would call an overtraining syndrome. So they're, you know, they're overtrained, they're underfed, their body is constantly under stress and not able to recover. That's when certain functions in the body start to go a little bit out of whack. Hmm. I mean, while we're talking about this with regards to females, I mean, Courtney, Courtney's seen it herself as well, where females have had um, menstrual cycles affected yes. by this. Yes. They start to improve themselves. Yes, Absolutely. So I think when we're talking about, again, with hair and nails, it is a very personalized thing. You're not always going to notice um, the change in yourself, but I think it's really important to put it in the list because, as Matt said, if you are someone who it abnormally affects, not only does your hair maybe not grow, but it's actually falling out at, at a rate that is abnormal, that your nails are not only grow slowly, Brittle. but tend not to really grow at all, tend to grow and break, things like this. It just means that there is something definitely not right there, which can be fixed with this process. So yep. they, they are definitely signs that you need to to take note of. So relating it then back to myself, I was not concerned about the fact that my hair doesn't grow fast now because it has never grown fast. However, I speak to my hairdresser every time I go to the the salon to have my hair touched up and she tells me that my hair is fine it's healthy there's nothing wrong with it so it just grows slowly so I'm not concerned about that whereas my nails I'm wrapped about how quickly they grow now because they used to break all, all the time so they I would only just get them to grow just above my fingertip when they would crack on the side and they would just split and and uh, and come off. So now I can grow them really quite long where I actually have to cut them myself before they would break on their own. So it's those sort of, again, might seem small, insignificant things, but they're really important to the health and function of our bodies. And also these improvements as well, they don't happen by accident. No, that's the biggest the key. These, our health, our body, our function doesn't improve just because we think it should. It improves because of the things that we are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. 
So uh, I I think Courtney's um, on the money with that. And on that note, we will move on to sign number 10 that you are about to lose weight, which is, and I think this one is is huge. 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 Huge? Yes. Your clothes start to fit a little differently. Now, everyone is going to be able to relate to this at some point. It's inevitable. Mm. This is one of those things that will affect everyone. You, me, Courtney, everyone. Yes. Now, what are you going to find when it comes to this whole process, You know, getting in great shape, changing the way we look for the better, et cetera, et cetera? You are going to feel it before you see it. And you are going to feel it in your clothes before you see it in the mirror. So I'll give a, a personal example. When I first decided to get myself, um, get a bit serious with this, I was getting around in a 7XL shirts, one of which I still have, mm. where over time, those shirts and jumpers started getting a bit more baggy. Mm. They started hanging off me. They started sitting longer. Same with the pants. All of a sudden, pants that were sitting around my ankles to my shoes were now sitting past my toes. Yes. So I was, I was getting smaller, even though I couldn't see it, I could feel it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the main thing with this as well is, and I, and I do have a theory as to why we don't see it as much as we feel it. And what's that theory? <laughs> the theory is that... Basically, I'll use myself as an example. My the, the part of my body that I've always had a problem with, that I've always disliked the most, is my stomach area. And, of course, it's the area that I've always carried the most weight. Love it always how that works out, doesn't it? It's always mm. nice how it work, that works out like that. But so my stomach area, most hated part of my body, always carried the most weight there. So every time I look at myself in the mirror looking at changes – my eyes fixate on my stomach from the side, from the front, from the back. I focus purely on my stomach and I try to see if there is even the hint of change. The problem is that I think, Matt, you would agree that for the, the, the majority of women, you will lose it on your stomach area last or close to last. It's not generally the first place you're going to notice a change. Uh, that's an individual thing. It comes down to where the female carries it the most. So I have I have seen it from females where their midsection has, um, gone, ha- first. has gone first while their hips and thighs have gone last. That's a very personal thing, both for males and females. But I will comment on Courtney's theory, and I'll expand upon that. The reason you will feel it in your clothes before you see it is because you look in the mirror every day. Yes. And you're trying to micro-analyze changes every day where you'll find that, well, this is a, a separate thing, that, but it's worth mentioning. Not only will you feel it in your clothes before you see it, other people will see it before you do. Yes. So you start getting questions. Mm. Are you going to the gym? You look different. Are you, are you getting taller? No. You're not getting taller because your proportion is changing. Point is, because you're looking every day, you're yeah. not going to see it until there's photos put in front of you showing a, a time-lapsed difference. 
Correct. You have a warped idea. Most people have a warped idea of their body shape to begin with. Yes, absolutely. So let alone then you look at it and you analyse it every day looking for the most minute change and you build it up and build it up and build it up. So, yes, Matt hit the nail on the head, which is that's why we use clothes as a great guide. So our clothes starting to fit differently because, as I think Matt said, clothes don't lie. No, they do not. Clothes are not going to lie to you like your eyes will. So your eyes will often deceive you. Yep. Because you have built up an image in your mind of what your body looks like, it doesn't necessarily always relate back to the mirror. So with your clothes, they're not going to lie to you. So people often come back at me when I say this and they'll say, oh, yeah, but sometimes clothes do lie because there's different fabrics and some fabrics are stretchy and some fabrics are stretchy. The, the thing is, you wear these clothes every day. Very good. So if you're wearing them every day, whether they're stretchy, if, whether it's you're wearing a pair of leggings or you're wearing a pair of jeans with no stretch in them, you are going to notice if they are fitting differently. I have pairs of leggings which are so tight that, I trust me, I will know if they are fitting looser because they will become more comfortable. I might not be able to stick my hand in the side of them, because they're so loose, but I can notice a change because they're more comfortable. You might be able to notice your jeans fit better or now you need a belt with your jeans instead of them just staying up on their own. Or the belt needs more holes. Correct. So these are definite signs that things are happening in the right direction that I think they really need to be focused upon. I think it's also, and this is what uh, Courtney and I tell our clients as well, is to deliberately keep... Uh, certain items of clothing that you can go back to once every you know four to six weeks mm. to put them on just to see how they fit. Items of clothing that are too small or too big are you talking about, Matt? Items of clothing that well, you'd, you'd say they're either too small or a bit uncomfortable, sure. but will serve as a good comparison tool. Guide. So you know if I've got this fantastic shirt that I haven't put on for six weeks and it feels different to six weeks ago and looks different, well, something is changing. Yeah. Big time. You're right. And I've also had clients, Matt, I think you've had clients as well, that pick a size uh, pair of jeans that are half a size to a size too small. Yes. And they gauge how far up their thighs or how close to buttoning up those jeans become. Do they get stuck on the muffin top? Yeah. we've. I know I've also had clients who have pairs of jeans where they've had them for years but don't fit them anymore. And they had already kept those. So I, t- I, I tell them, Keep them. Don't try them on every day. No. Don't even try them on every week no. necessarily. Just once a month. Once a month. Pick a pick a day at the end of every month and you try those jeans on or you try that jacket on or that top on. And it really does give you a good gauge of where you're going. Yeah, take take note. But I think the biggest thing as well with with clothing fit is also something to keep in mind that as you start to lift weights and as you, your body starts to change, it's going to change in different ways. I think, Matt, mm. that you will agree. Absolutely. Whereas for myself, I had a pair of jeans which uh, fit and that I used to use as a guide and then suddenly they started to feel tighter. And I had to look back and think, hang on a second, why are they starting to feel tighter? And what it was was they were feeling tight around my thighs and my bottom because my butt was getting more shapely. My thighs were getting more shapely. So it wasn't necessarily that they were getting tighter because I was getting bigger. 
but they were getting tighter because they didn't fit my new body shape. Well said. So I think that's really important to keep in mind if you're using jeans or something like that as a guide. If you are feeling like they're feeling differently and you might necessarily think that it's not a positive fitting differently, make sure that you're really just analyzing why you think they're fitting differently because it could very well mean that they're just not suiting your new body shape. Yeah, um, I think I think that's a fantastic point that Courtney's made. Uh, I think on that note, we can wrap those up. Yeah, so there are our 10 signs. Well, five of them today. Yeah. And add five of them last week. So make sure that you listen to both episodes so you can get the um, the full 10. Yes. And I think it's about time for an email. I happen to agree with that. Uh, I pulled an email for us this week that I will read out. This comes from Emily. Hello, Emily. Hi, Emily. That's a bit of a weird voice. Don't do that. It's That's a creepy voice. Creepy voice. All right. Hello, Courtney and Matt. There seems to be an awful lot of health, fitness, weight loss, etc. related groups on Facebook with more popping up each day. I've been in some and all it does is make me confused and frustrated. Any you can recommend yourselves. Thanks so much, Emily. Well, I'll let you take this one. You are the tech-savvy person of the group. I am involved in a hell of a lot of different groups on Facebook, different many, fitness groups. Many more than I am, actually. Uh, quite a few. Yeah. Um, different different personal trainer groups, yes. weight loss groups, fitness groups, bodybuilding groups, you name it. And yep, most of them are a complete shit show. Yes. Uh, where, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I do go there for the human train wreck Well, you, you go there f- for, to keep updated with what's going on. You don't exactly go there for support like Emily's trying to go no, to no. these groups for support, no. obviously. In terms of, or well, also go there for, for comical value, oh. to be fair. Um, I do, I can recommend, we can actually recommend a fantastic Facebook group, which, shockingly enough... Is our own one. <laughs> yes. Courtney and I run a, a fantastic Facebook group where it is nothing but support, enthusiasm, clarity. That's a favorite word of mine. Yes. Um, a very, very clear sort of message and what we what we put across to try and help people. So that is that is our, our Total Transformations Facebook group, which I will put a link to in the on the show notes page. At theweightlosspodcast.com. Yeah, there's some fantastic people in that group. Including ourselves. Including ourselves. We've got our clients uh, in that group and also non-clients who are also looking for support. So it is called Total Transformations because that is the name of our gym here in Melbourne. So, yeah, more than welcome to join that group, Emily. Just request to join and we'll add you to that group. Yes. And I think you'll find that it is less noisy and I think you'll get less confused and frustrated from it. Yep. And even though we do, we are very focused. I think we're very clear in what we do and we're very consistent. We don't take ourselves too seriously. There is no. the occasional bit of stupidity that goes in that, in that group. You've got to have a little bit of fun. Uh, a lot of, I think a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, so I'll, like I said, I'll put a, sh- um, a link on the show notes page for that. And I think... That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Yes. So we will finish it up this week. Yes. 
Thank you for listening to our 10 signs. Hopefully they've helped. Hopefully they've helped. Please give us any feedback on any of the 10 signs that you have now started to notice. That's a great point. And we would love to hear feedback. We'd love to hear feedback if you have started to notice them, if you haven't started to notice them, any questions that you have related to any of the the 10 signs. I'll be specific. I would like to get feedback on any signs that you may have noticed so far that you've overlooked. Mm. Uh, so please email us at Courtney. Where can we be emailed at? Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. We're all over it now. Or you can message us through our Facebook page. Yeah, so I'd like to get some, we'd like to get some feedback from you on any of these 10 signs. If you actually have been noticing them or you are now noticing them that we've brought it up to you, let us know what you think. Definitely. Because as as we've been trying to put across over this last couple of episodes, these signs aren't a fluke. No. They don't happen by accident and they are a precursor for something very, very special that's going to happen to you in your life. Yep. So on that note, I think we'll sign off. Courtney, we've killed it. High five. Boom. Have a good week. We will see you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.